Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Before we get back to the uh, Super Bowl, we've got some Phillies news for you we're going to pass along in a moment. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business. Motorcycle, boat, RV, whatever it may be. You want to be fully insured? Peace of mind. You want to save money? Great for the budget. Purdy Insurance works hard to make sure both goals are accomplished. And they're always updating policies for you as well. They are the pros' pros. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. Butker up. Got it. Here we go. Hurts has all day. Now some rushers come. Going to throw it as far as his arm can take it, which is well short. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. By the way, did you notice what happened to Hurts on that last play? And we're going to get to this in a moment. What happened to him as he went to make the throw? He slipped. That's why that ball was well short. I'm like, boy, that throw was ugly. And you watch the replay. He slipped. I actually did not know that, but uh, th- there, there you go. Uh, th- that that, get to, that service they, was atrocious. Yesterday, I'll get to that in a second. I want to get to the Phillies news first. Okay. Uh, Matt Gelba, the athletic, uh, reporting that both Tom McCarthy on TV and Scott Fransky on radio have signed multi year extensions. The new deals will keep them in their current roles most of the 2020s. Phillies executive vice president Dave Buck said stability is a great word for it. They will be up there a long time. It's funny, as generations age, I grew up on Harry Callis and Richie Ashburn. A lot of the younger people are like, who? Now I'm lucky enough to be a part of a new generation with Scott Fransky and Tommy McCarthy. They both have an awesome local following and are growing nationally, too. It is important for us to have them with us for a long time. Great move by the Phillies. They are both tremendous. Tommy on the TV side is going to work with Ruben Amaro Jr., Ben Davis, John Cruck. Over on radio, Larry Anderson is going to work about 60 games, and Kevin Stocker appears to be the favorite to pick up many of the other games. But when you've got two of the top guys in the business working for you, and Scott Fransky and Tommy McCarthy, the Phillies took care of business, and they re-signed them to extensions. So their contracts weren't up. They signed them to extensions. And they're going to be with the club for the vast majority of the 2020s. Bingo! Great move by the Phillies. Great move. Uh, 
So, tremendous. All right. Um, for the as for the field, I've told the story about the Rose Bowl from a few years ago. Now, the field of the Rose Bowl this year was good. It worked out fine. But the one a few years ago, when Penn State played USC, where Saquon went wild in the game, Jack and I went over the day before the game, you know, because the team was doing a walkthrough and a couple of things that they were doing in there. And so we were talking to the guy that is the groundskeeper. And he told us what they do is they grow three fields. They pick what they think structurally and aesthetically is the best one. And that's the one they install in the Rose Bowl. And that's the field they use for the entire year. So, in other words, the field that Penn State beat Utah on will be the one that UCLA plays on in the 2023 season. And then a new field will be installed for next year's Rose Bowl game. Um which will be the uh, which will be one of the two semifinals, all right. So that's how they do it. The field in sixteen, they had a little cooler weather in Southern California and the whole you know, and it and that field in sixteen was not a good field, slipping, coming up in chunks in a couple of areas. Like ew, this time, the field was great. Well, what do you think they do for the Super Bowl? Same thing. They grow a field, a separate field. And this is not the field that the Chiefs played on in the opener against Arizona. It is not the same field. I think they spent $800,000 on this field. And my issue with something like this is that whatever, whenever they start doing this, does it have the root system? I had somebody talking about the roof and the whole thing. The field is outside almost the entire time, for goodness sakes. I mean, that's the setup there. It's going to be the same setup for next year's Super Bowl. Same thing in Las Vegas. It's a grass field that's outside. They hit a button, the field rolls in. I've been to the Fiesta Bowl. I've announced the Fiesta Bowl. I know how it works. Okay, The field's outside. Then they hit a button, it rolls in. Well, with the roof and uh, the opening of the roof, hotel for goodness sakes. Okay, obviously, whatever they're doing, the root system isn't deep enough, and it doesn't take. And it's just, and then of course you're painting logos on it. Like, jeez, what a mess that was. I mean, Elliot, I thought Elliot was Elliot looked like he totally rolled his ankle on a kickoff. That was ridiculous. That was that was embar- that was embarrassing for the NFL. Guys slipping all over the place, jeez! And on the last, and again on the last play by her, watch the last play. Jalen can't get the ball downfield. I was like, wow, that was an awful throw. Well, the reason it was an awful throw was, guess what? All right, he slipped. And here's the other thing too: the Chiefs played their week one in Arizona. And there were a lot of complaints about the field conditions then. Right. So you would think there would be a couple red flags to make sure the NFL would get this field right for the biggest game of the year in that stadium. That's what gets me. Because I think the Fiesta Bowl field was the one the Cardinals played on. Okay. And then they changed it out and they brought this one in. 
This is a separate, and the whole plan was to have a separate field. It was not to use the one the Cardinals played. Yeah, I, I saw okay. the process of them re of regrowing the grass and everything. Right. Yeah, right. You know, and the grass is outside, and it's getting watered, and the whole thing. Okay, it's like I got it. Okay, it's that's where they park the buses. You know why you can park the bus there? Because the field's inside now. <laughs> okay, that's why you can park the bus there. Um, that was bad. That was bad. Not good. Um, your quarterback. I mean, yeah, did he make one big mistake? Yeah, he made one big mistake. He also made, like, 500 other plays. To, to but you know what? Anybody big... bounced back from it brilliantly. Yeah, he did. He lost uh, by three. But he did bounce back. He was sort of the show. He played He played great. But you know what? They did a great job of forcing him left, making him throw it away, kept forcing him left, make him throw it away. I mean... What was supposed to be the strength of your football team? And he, by the way, he was the strength. I mean, as I said, I thought Jalen Hurts played a brilliant game. I mean, brilliant. I mean, he made he made you're allowed a mistake, okay? And and look, Kansas City got fortunate on that play. The ball bounced right up to to Bolton. It couldn't have bounced any better to him. It's kind of like Grant Haley in the Ohio State game, right? Haley was gonna jump on the ball and recover it until it bounced straight up to him. He says, I'm going to keep going. Right? Same thing with Bolt. It bounced right up to him. It was perfect. But Hertz made fabulous throws. For the most part, terrific decisions. His running was just outstanding. The throw for the touchdown to Brown was great. But they did a good job of getting pressure and moving him left. And sometimes he got out, sometimes he made a play, a lot of other times he threw the ball away. I mean, if if I'm an Eagles fan, what disappoints me the most is that it was a given that you were going to win the trenches, and you didn't. Kansas City offensive line played a really a terrific game. It wasn't just protecting Mahomes. But they were able to at least get some semblance of a running game. Pacheco had 75 yards rushing. Then, and again, it was the inability. Philadelphia's defense had a real inability to not to to not read keys. I think it was in the first half. I think it was in the first half. Kansas City had a short yardage situation, and Sky Moore was the tailback, and the fullback was McKinnon. Now, which guy do you think is getting the ball? I'm sitting there like going, okay, they're going to they're going to run McKinnon on a short handoff. He's the running back. The other guy's just back there, just as window dressing, and they they acted like they never they never realized he was in the game, and he got I don't know how many yards. What did he get? Like ten, twelve yards on the play for first down. Like you got to be able to read keys, right? You can't just like get all bottled up and like that's Sky Moore. They don't line up Sky Moore as a tailback ever. 
Hey, the other guy's a running back playing fullback. They acted like they didn't see... They, they, uh, they didn't read Keyswell all night. They couldn't find Kelsey early. Then they all started finding Kelsey, and guess what? In finding him, everybody else was open. Like that's, I mean, they had a real problem in this game. Jonathan Gannon. No, not just Jonathan Gannon, okay? You've got players out there playing, okay? Jonathan Gannon's job is not to tell them, read your keys. A professional football player needs to read his keys. What are they doing? You're talking about 11 guys. You can talk You can talk scheme and this, that, and the other thing. They're lined up. Sky Moore's there, and McKinnon's as an offset fullback, and by the way, dramatically away from Sky Moore. Okay? That's the player's responsibility, Matt. Okay? That's the player's responsibility. Okay? Jack Hamm talks about this all the time. The ability to read your keys. Jack talks about this all the time. Tell me where, where Philadelphia is reading its keys. And this is a player responsibility. This is not a scheme responsibility. Yeah, he kept rushing four all night. So if you want to blame him for not blitzing, fine. That's on him. Okay? Getting confused as to who you're covering is on the players. You can't let them off the hook. They're the ones covering. Darius Slay makes a gigantic mistake. That's Jonathan Gannon's fault that he went the wrong way? He sends Tony in motion. Right? Tony comes back toward the toward toward the line, pivots and swings out, and Slay goes inside with Kelsey. That's Jonathan Gannon's fault. Is it really? Right? Okay. Sky Moore goes in motion. Pivots out. Okay? Kelsey goes inside. Bradbury goes with him. That's Jonathan Gannon's fault. Is it Jonathan Gannon's fault that four guys could not get to Patrick Mahomes? I mean, I'm not here to defend Jonathan Gannon, but you I mean you're let, you're giving the players a pass on a game where they didn't play well. Well, I said the pass rush was it was was uh but, but Jonathan Gannon is not okay, except for not maybe calling a blitz or changing. Why are guys wide open? Especially when you're playing man coverage. <laughs> Why? I mean, there's some player responsibility. Yeah. I thought Darius Leia actually had a, had a have had has had a poor S- second half of the season. I, I can say that. S- some? How about a lot? How about a lot? Philadelphia was not even remotely close to getting a turnover in the game yesterday. You know that? Yeah, I know. They that. weren't even close. Oh yeah, there wasn't a, uh, there wasn't a single play in that game where you went, "Oh God, they were right there." Which play was that? Which play was it? Oh, they're right there. Even the one pass down the sideline, 
where I think Kansas City ended up punting anyway, right? Valdez Scantling didn't catch a pass in the whole game. But the one he threw to him, he was wide open. And Scantling ran it wrong. On the football practice field at Penn State, they have a blue line down the side. Okay? Because that's an alleyway they want to throw that pass that you're trying to give college receivers, I'm talking about on a practice field, run it this alley. Don't run it so close to the numbers. Right? And Valdez Scantling ran it too close to the numbers, and that's why the pass missed. But he was open. I mean, they put some pressure on Mahomes. Kelsey makes a great catch, goes to the ground, but he was open. I mean, it's like they were they were not even close to getting a turnover in the game. I mean, no ball on the ground, no 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 pass breakup, no I mean nothing. When Mahomes missed a pass, it was because it was missed. It wasn't broken up. Which which play did the Eagles break up? Defensively. Yeah, you're right. 100%. And if and if the Chiefs weren't deliberately trying to kill the clock, they would have had four touchdowns on four drives in the second half. I mean, you could talk Jonathan Gannon all you want, but guess what? The players did not play well in the game defensively for Philadelphia. They just didn't play well. You're right, but they were also not in good positions to be successful. Like, so down on the goal line, one of the goal line plays where I think when they eventually, when they took the lead the first time, Gannon brings an all-out blitz. Well, that's a sign of desperation. That's too easy for, for Andy Reid to just throw it up and have a guy wide open. We haven't done that all game. It was Travis Kelsey, right? I believe was that it was. The Kelsey touchdown. Uh, it actually right. was. It was that one, and I think it was the the second one to make it yeah. to make it thirty five twenty seven at the time. It, he brought it all out blitz, uh, and it was wide open. It was wide open because your guy went went with Travis Kelsey. Okay, when you're blitzing, guess what you're in. When you are blitzing, what what cover are you? Oh, I know with? your cover zero. I get that, which is right. why that's which not the right time to what? blitz. Which means, guess what? What does cover zero mean? I know you're one on one. I get it. I know. Right, and guess what? Your guy went inside. He didn't cover the guy. <laughs> okay, I whose know. fault is that? That's his fault. I get that. But I'm saying exactly. too. Exactly. Why? Why would you like... put yourself in that spot and it cover zero in that situation? Is my point. Because it's okay to do that if you've got if you've got Bradbury and Slay as your corner. But if you haven't been winning one on one battles, regardless of whose fault it is, and it's and it's and it's the player's fault, then it, why are you doing it at that point? Because you're trying to give them a look they haven't seen before, they haven't seen yet, to throw them off while having confidence your guys are going to cover. And all of a sudden you're looking around going, "Oh, well that worked out great. You went to the wrong guy." Okay, we got two guys on Kelsey, nobody on Tony. Okay, exactly who was your guy again? Okay, he's got a one in front of it, not an eight. He's 11 yards open. Okay, you're telling me that's the scheme? That's not the scheme, but that's just the play call at the time. And that, then it, what, and that, then the that, guy makes the a, mistake because he's that, going on Kelsey. It's it's both. That's because that's because that's what the guppies do. Exactly. Right? Andy, yeah, that's why I said earlier, Andy Reid made Jonathan he, he, Gannon look like a guppy all game. He decoyed 
and send him in to clear it out for Tony. Well, in cover zero, it's not supposed to be cleared out for Tony. Slay's supposed to be there with him. And guess what? Slay, they, they, everybody looked around and go, what is he doing? Yikes. Oh, yeah. All rounds. And then they ran it to the other side. And they did the same thing. They went inside because that's where Kelsey went. As defenders, they became so absorbed with where Kelsey went. You know, as the game went, Kelsey made fewer and fewer plays, right? Correct. Yet he had a big influence on how they scored because, okay, they got him covered. They got two guys with him. But, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> There's one other guy here. Right? That's, okay. It It is... They got fooled by the window dressing as players. Okay? Was the scheme for Jonathan Gannon telling Slay to go inside with Kelsey? Or they have a safety over there, Avante Maddox? Now, which one of the two is supposed to have him? No, I, I, I get it with Slay not, doing their, not being there for okay. his guy. I get okay. that. Then, then Bradbury. Yeah, okay. same thing. I know. Okay, on Sky on Sky Moore, where did he go? He went inside with Kelsey. Okay. That's not the scheme. That's players having a BF and starts with brain. <laughs> I've said uh, how many times have you heard me say when it comes to like why a play works, and you can't make something work unless all eleven guys can do it. That's what makes football the greatest team game going. It's the greatest team game ever. If you have one guy that can't run it, you got a problem. And those two plays showed right there. Having one guy make a big mistake showed, you know. I, mean, I don't blame him for blitzing. I don't blame him for going cover zero because guess what? The Chiefs receivers are not exceptional, Matt. Tony is a good functional receiver. Moore struggled all season. Hardman's out of the game. He can't play. Okay, if you're going into the game, I'm telling you that Slay on Tony advantage Philadelphia. Bradbury no on more. Bradbury on more advantage Philadelphia. Okay, because the Eagles' corners are better than the Chiefs' wide receivers. And Juju Juju Smith is is a possession receiver. He's a possession receiver, Matt. And there's nothing wrong with being a possession receiver. Nothing. Zero. Right? That means you're getting you're collecting checks in the National Football League. You make catches, you make plays. But this isn't a scheme thing. I should be able to call cover zero anytime I want with Darius Slay. And Bradbury as my two corners on their receivers. That's not Tyreek Hill they're covering. All right? If it's Tyreek Hill, now I've got a problem with the scheme. Okay? The bottom line is, your players made major mistakes at major moments. And it happened at the worst time of the season. It happened in game 20.
I mean, it's easy to say, oh, it's the scheme, what they see. He should be able to blitz and run cover zero. His corners are better than their wide receivers. And they got faked out. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Okay, today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, motorcycle, RV, whatever it may be. Purdy Insurance will do a great job of going out and making sure you save money, make sure you're fully covered. They're the best in the business. And last but not least, our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Glenn Macnow now joins us from Philadelphia. Glenn, welcome. Great to have you with us. Thanks so much. Thank you, Steve. Always my pleasure. Uh, not the greatest day down here, but, you know, we survive these things. In the regular season in the playoffs, Andy Reid is 29-4 and following an off week. Uh, they took a play in the Jacksonville-Philadelphia game where Trevor yeah. Lawrence had Agnew for a touchdown. Yeah. And they used it over and over and over. What was it about the fact that Philadelphia could not catch on to the jet motion action and the reverse of it? Yeah. Well, that's a great question. And you know what? You get beat by that play in Jacksonville by Trevor Lawrence. That's fine. You get beat once in the Super Bowl by Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes on that play, and that's fine. But, yes, after that, you adjust, and you say, oh, we see what they're doing because they did this 10 minutes ago, and the Eagles defense, uh, coached by soon-to-be head, soon-to-be-employed elsewhere, Jonathan Gannon, uh, did not adjust. I would love to give you a better answer for that. Jonathan Gannon did not take questions after the Super Bowl. Uh, it did not come up with Nick Sirianni. Uh, the defensive coordinator, I think, because he's getting another job. And to my mind, may have been distracted over the last week with interviews. We can get into that if yeah. you want. Uh, but yeah. they it, it's, it's, they lost the game for many reasons. Um, the pass rush was non-existent yesterday. Uh, I can blame a late call by a referee, but that's only a small part of it. But the biggest part is they never adjusted once Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes figured out what was going to work. In fact, I agree with everything you said. And the interesting part about the call, that's the same play, and they got caught again. That's why whatever tug of the jersey happened, they got caught again. I mean, same, it was the same play. Yeah. I would, I would say the word tug is an overstatement on that. I think I think about two molecules of his hand touched two molecules of the jersey, but right. I don't know. They called it, and, and that's that. Yeah, they did. But then again, Philadelphia, in a sequence where they got a field goal in the third quarter, had to delay a game, 
had the clock go under yeah. zero and got away with it, which was fine. Yeah. Okay, but it was yeah. under zero. Yeah. And then was then was forced to call a timeout. And at the end, when they needed the timeout, even with the molecules of jersey, they could have had 45, 50 seconds left if they still had that timeout. And because they used it, they didn't have it. Well, and, and you know what? And that's really correct. And it was surprising because one of the things that Nick Sirianni is, has been known for is to not waste timeouts. To, exactly. The play call is always in. This is not an issue with this team. They they blew exactly zero timeouts this year because of not right. getting the play in up until yesterday where they did two. Yeah. Uh, one, they took the penalty, and one, they took the timeout. And yeah. it, the funny thing is we always joked that that was a trademark of Andy Reid. Uh, yeah. But Andy had it all together yesterday. And Nick, you know, listen, first time coaching in the Super Bowl, Maybe got a little, uh, a little. I don't want to say overwhelmed, but you know, had to adjust to things. Uh, maybe put it on offensive uh, coordinator Shane Steichen, who, by the way, he also is going to be leaving in the next few days for a job. Yep. Uh, he's yep. Going, to, going to Indy. Um, yep. But yeah, that you're exactly right. That ended up biting him in the rear end, as it often does. You know, you don't want to yeah. lose those timeouts, and that was an important thing. Because I will say, in Nick Sirianni's defense. The first half and into the third quarter, they were the usual efficient machine of calling exactly what you talked about. And then for some odd reason in that sequence of plays, they got this I, I, I get they got this yeah, for some reason. Yeah, and I don't know why either. I mean because to that point they'd done everything Philadelphia always does. Crisp by getting the play in, in the formation, right personnel. Usually four to six seconds on the clock when they snap it, and then that yeah. then they didn't. Jalen Hurts was brilliant yesterday. I know there's the one drop that happens, but Glenn, yeah. I mean, my I think he showed the whole country how great he is yesterday. It was listen, that was great, and you know, in 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 Philadelphia, we have seen him draw criticism from outside. Um, yeah. You know, he, he, he just can run, he's not a good passer, he's overrated, and so on. How did he finish second in the MVP? But we really saw the rise of a star this year in yes. town, and to see him play that well on the big stage was just uh, – gave us a lot of hope for the future. The kid had a great year. He finished it yeah. with a great Super Bowl. Um, and I, I think I think Philadelphia set a quarterback for a lot of years. Yeah, they sure are. He is terrific. Uh, it was assumed going into the, the some assumptions got blown up in this game. One was that Philadelphia would dominate the line of scrimmage. Oof. And oh. and I mean, and, and a lot a lot of Jalen's incompletions were flushed out, rolled left, get rid of it. Okay, I mean he didn't have yeah, a lot of incompletions, yeah. but they got good pressure on him, and they couldn't run the ball except for Hurts. Yeah. True. Uh, Miles Sanders uh, couldn't get anything going. Kenny Gainwell a little bit, but not really. I think Boston Scott had one nice run where he just ran under people. Yeah. Um, but switching to the other side, we had thought, and I've been told by people smarter than I, that the weakness of the Kansas City Chiefs was going to be their offensive tackles and that the Eagles pass rush that had 70 sacks in the regular season and another eight or nine mm-hmm. in the two playoff games Yep. was going to really make it hard uh, for a quarterback who would be limited by a sprained ankle. Well, they got to him once, 
right toward the end of the first half. They didn't sack him, but they, they knocked him down. Yeah. Uh, toward, yeah. And, and you, you saw him in pain. And I'll be honest with you, I thought, boy, game over right here. Clearly not. And Orlando Brown, who we thought was going to be where they were going to get through, the, the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line has to feel very vindicated right now. They should be well, celebrating. Well, you know what? They did a great job with jet sweep motion. There was a play that they uh-huh. ran from, from midfield where they brought Tony in motion on a jet sweep. McKinnon was in the backfield. They faked it to Tony on the jet sweep. And McKinnon came up and doubled with the tackle. I think it was Wiley on the right side on Reddick. And they got a 25-yard completion to Kelsey downfield. I mean, they did yep. stuff like that all day where I don't think Philadelphia knew, uh, knew where it was coming from. No, listen. It was it was Andy Reid, future you know Hall of Fame coach when he retires, giving yep. a little bit of a lesson to the Eagles' young coach, young coordinators, young staff. Um, and all I can do is applaud Andy for it. You said at the start of the interview that when Andy has his bye week, he always wins. That was something that we got to see here. Um, one of the things that. We had kind of hoped on is when Andy was playing teams coming off coming off of a bye week, he didn't do so well. Well, that didn't matter yesterday. Yeah, and uh, they they got the job done. Now it's an off season. Um, it's interesting in a lot of ways. Kansas City, because of so many young players on the team, doesn't have a lot of turnover. Philadelphia may have some. Now, in mm-hmm. looking ahead to 23, the quarterback is set, and he's going to be great for years. He's going to be great for a decade there. What about the rest of it? Well, so this is the part. The quarterback is set, but the quarterback has not been paid. The quarterback That's is on a true. rookie contract. That's right. Got a year to go, but they're not going to wait. They're, they're, Jeff Lurie is not the type to let it go and then franchise him and so on. They're, they're going to want to pay him. Um, they're brilliant under the cap. Howie Roseman always has a way to figure it out. But this yep. guy is going to move from being, I think he's the 29th highest paid starting quarterback in the league or quarterback in the league to whatever the going rate is for these young quarterbacks, which is $40 million a year. And yeah. so what the Eagles were able to do this year on his rookie contract is going to be more challenging next year, right? They got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in on a one-year deal. They got James Bradbury in on a one-year deal. Uh, they got uh, they got other players at the end of a contract. T.J. Edwards, the, the mm-hmm. aforementioned Miles Sanders, who I can yep. pretty confidently tell you will be moving on. Um, I agree. It's going to be very difficult for the Eagles. Oh, and by the way, this year they added A.J. Brown and Hassan Reddick on big deals. Um, right. It's going to be very difficult for them moving ahead to keep a lot of the players who helped bring them there this year. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's the interesting part because Brown, I think, is they when they got Brown, it was a three year deal, so he's he's locked in. Um, oh yeah, you no, yeah. Brown and yeah. Reddick are locked in, but I'm yeah, saying locked in. They have big deals. Yes, and, and by sign, by having those guys, um, and by having um, you know by having to pay Hertz. They're not going to have as much money to play with this off season, and they got a lot of guys who are going to be up for wanting more money and deserving more money. Steichen, in all likelihood, to the Colts. Jonathan Gannon, yeah. possibility to Arizona. <laughs> uh, 
so then that means that Nick will have to pick coordinators. Uh, is this something along the way? Does he? Does anybody have any idea if he likes to promote from within or go outside? Well, it's the first time, so yeah, that's why uh, I don't we'll know. See, but the belief the belief is that Brian Johnson, who's the quarterbacks coach, who's worked with Jalen Hurts, you know, going back to Alabama, uh, is likely to get that promotion. Um, mm-hmm. That's just you know the the Eagles haven't said anything. Nick hasn't said anything, but that's kind of the assumption. Uh, the interesting part will be whether Nick lets Brian Johnson call the plays. Um, yeah. If you remember, Nick used to call the plays, gave it up because he felt it was distracting him from other responsibilities on the field during the game. Mm-hmm. Gave it to yeah. Shane Steichen. Steichen did a great job with it this year. Yes, he did. I don't know. I don't know how he feels about Brian Johnson, and I don't know whether Brian Johnson will can call plays. Who knows? Yeah, no, it's been excellent. I mean, uh, awfully tough day. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, awfully tough. Uh, you know, awfully tough for the city. You, everybody, everybody in Philadelphia thought they were going to win yesterday. Everybody. I know. We can get overconfident, and you know, it happens in cities, and people talk themselves into stuff. Sure. But everybody was ready to celebrate last night, and at the end of the first half, it certainly looked like that was going to happen. So when the when the air went out of the tires, it's it's. It's a pretty dark mood around here. When did you start? When did you start to get like uh, the feeling of, uh oh, this isn't right? Uh, right when they, right when Kansas City came out in the third quarter and scored, and, and because, went seventy-five yards. Yeah, yeah, because the Eagles showed so little resistance and ability to stop them. I well, and first of all, Mahomes was far more mobile than I expected he was going to be at the end of that first half. I mean, I thought I thought we might see Chad Henney there, and obviously yeah. Mahomes. And and then Mahomes rips off that what thirty yard run, whatever that yeah. was, that thing. Yeah. Yeah. So once Mahomes looked really good, and Andy Reid looked like he figured it out, I was really by the middle of the third quarter, I'm looking at the clock, thinking, all right, if the Eagles can just run this out for the next yeah. twenty minutes, we'll be okay. And as yeah. you know, you can't run out of clock for twenty minutes. I'll tell you when I thought it was it wasn't quite right was when the Eagles kicked the field goal. This was a oh, game of touchdowns. This, this is a game of touchdowns, not field goal. Yeah. This particular game. Yeah, was a game no, of touchdowns, not field goals. I think the over under was fifty one and a half, and I thought there's no way that's going under. And obviously it was right. it was way over, and it was yeah you had to score you had to score touchdowns. Yep, my friend, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Steve, it's always my pleasure, and uh, whenever you're ready to talk again, I I, it's, I look forward to it. Same here, Glenn. Thank you so much. All right. Be well. Yep. Great, great analysis there. You didn't think I watched the Jacksonville game, did you? No, I know you did. Hmm. I mean, that's where that play came from, you know. So you don't think I watch your team, do you? <laughs> I always know you watch my team. All right. We'll come back, wrap it up in a moment. On a tough day for Eagles fans, but there are reasons for it, and it's more than just a guy 
It's more than just the tug of the shirt, guys. Okay? There were four major mistakes in the game. The Eagles made three of them. You're not going to win games when you're the one that makes 75% of the big mistakes. Kansas City missed a field goal. Hit the upright. That was their one big mistake. Conversely, Philadelphia dropped the ball, and it was run back for a touchdown. Okay, Tony took a low-line drive punt, which was a terrible punt, and ran it back 65 yards to the five-yard line. And the third mistake was, for whatever reason, this machine-like Philadelphia Eagles offense where they were getting play all season long, getting plays in, personnel, ba-boom, 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 had a, suddenly out of nowhere, had a brain issue. Delay a game. Boom. Clock under zero, got away with it, okay, right? And then got fouled up again and called a timeout and didn't have the timeout at the end of the game when they needed it. You would have had 45 seconds to go downfield, not eight. Right? And that's on that's on that's on your guys. All the, those were all the major mistakes. And you made three of them. And after the missed field goal, Kansas City made none. Your defense wasn't even close to a takeaway in the game yesterday. I mean, not even close. There wasn't even a breakup like, oh, whoa, he got away with that one. Which pass did Mahomes get away with yesterday? None. Look, John Legano will be coaching Arizona, and Matt is going to drive him to the airport because Matt's that kind of guy. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570 286 5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. 